0: Well, Jesus came out of the tomb, and because the tomb is empty, we don't have to be. Isn't that good news? Isn't that good news right there? Woo! I got a feeling there are some people who just came today, cause it's Easter. And we've already messed you up. And you're gonna go out of here touched and challenged. What about that right there? Was that not awesome? Oh my goodness, man, I can't even paint a picture right side up, much less upside down. Guy sitting beside me said, if I could paint, that's how I'd do it, right there. That's awesome. Thanks, Eric Scheffler. Eric uh, Scheffler, great uh, artist, uses his gift for God, and we appreciate it so very much. We're giving stuff away today, just like we do every Sunday, first-time guest Always get a gift, but on Easter Sunday, everybody gets a gift. We have a little book for you as you're leaving today by Philip Yancey, entitled Easter, Believing and Seeing. And that isn't the only gift you're going to get today, this little book as you're leaving today. But we're also going to give you this coupon that over the next 30 days, you can go into our bookstore at either campus and get anything you want with a 10% discount. So make sure you pick up your little booklet today and uh, pick up your coupon because we just wanted to bless you on uh, this Easter Sunday. Well, we've got some um, very powerful things planned for you here in just a few minutes. But I just want to talk to you a little bit about Easter. I want to talk to you a little bit about the gospel. I want to talk to you about what Easter means. When we sinned, When we sinned in the Garden of Eden, and Adam and Eve represented us, when we sinned in the Garden of Eden, that sin separated man from God and brought death. Adam and Eve, before sin, would not have aged. They would never have become sick. That would have been passed down to us. We would never have aged. We would never become sick. All things were perfect until man sinned. And when man sinned, death entered the picture. Separation from God entered the picture. And when that death entered the picture, there had to be another death to pay the price for the sin We had committed. Now, you can see it immediately. Immediately after man fell in the Garden of Eden. As a matter of fact, in Genesis 3.21, right after the sin, death was necessary to provide clothing for Adam and Eve. Death was an immediate result of sin. We go over later in the book of Genesis, and we find Father Abraham there, the father of the Jewish nation, and we find Abraham in Genesis twenty-two, thirteen, 13, and he is about to take the life of his son. We can see Jesus in this picture. As a matter of fact, there's something you need to really understand about the Bible, and that is that the whole Bible is about Jesus. From the first word of Genesis to the last word of Revelation, the entire Bible is about Jesus. When you see Abraham, and most of you remember this story in the Bible, Where God told Abraham, and maybe you've been watching the television series uh, about the Bible, and and you saw where Abraham took his son Isaac up to Mount Moriah and was going to offer him. God said, I want you to offer him to me as a sacrifice for sin. And of course, with Abraham weeping and and Isaac weeping, they are are going there. And Isaac, uh, no doubt, trembling in fear. And his father binds him and puts him on the altar. Because after he takes his life, then that, offer has to, that offering has to be offered up in a burnt offering. And Isaac is confused and he doesn't understand what his dad's doing. And he loves his dad and, and he doesn't understand what is happening. And, and, and at the moment that Abraham would obey God and do what God said, as much as it broke Abraham's heart, as he is about to plunge that knife into his only son, a voice from heaven comes, Abraham, Abraham, stay your hand. For I have provided for you a spotless lamb. Abraham turns, and and this is what I love. Such a picture of Jesus. The Bible says that the ram that God provided in the place of Isaac, a picture of Jesus giving his life on the cross in our place. Did you know that that ram was caught by his horns in a thorny bush? It's right there in your Bible. It's a picture of the crown of thorns that Jesus wore all the way back in the book of Genesis. So it's Jesus. It's Jesus all through the Bible. It's all about Jesus. Jesus, the God-man, our Redeemer, our Savior. I know some of you are here today and you don't believe that. You're not ready to believe that. You've got an open ear. You're listening, but you, you have maybe been hurt in church or you've had somebody in church say some foolish things, some stupid things, and it makes you doubt the whole message of the church. I understand that. I understand that. The church is not perfect. There's only one perfect one, and that is the Lord of the church, Jesus Christ. The church messes up all the time. Amen. We mess up all the time. And so we can put up barriers, and some of you may have been hurt by someone in a church. You may have been hurt by someone who said they were a great preacher or a great pastor or a great spiritual leader. Maybe somebody you were watching on TV, and you thought they were spotless, but they fell in sin. And so you got your eyes on that, and and the enemy is using that to keep you from trusting Jesus. I'm asking you today, if you can, just to take your eyes off the failures of men and fix your eyes on the perfect one. Don't look at me. I'll fail you. I sin. I have to repent of it. I fall. I have to repent of falling. I stumble all the time. I'm just like you guys. I'm tempted by the same stuff you're tempted by. Not only am I tempted by the same stuff you're tempted by, sometimes I give in to that temptation. I have to ask my wife to forgive me, and I have to ask my sons to forgive me. Sometimes I have to stand in front of my church and ask my church to forgive me. I've been the pastor of this church for almost 25 years. I've messed up a lot of times. But, but we're not pointing you to us. We're not pointing you to Pharaoh Hardison. The church will let you down. Pharaoh Hardison will let you down. But Jesus will not let you down. He is the perfect one. Fix your eyes upon Jesus. Hey, listen, it isn't all about us. We're not the only church in town. We do church the way we do it. We love our our church. We wear t-shirts that say, I love my church. Everybody ought ought to feel that way about their church. Isn't that right? And, And you might be here today and you're going to leave here. I've already heard from some people who are leaving here and go to another church. That's awesome, man. Because we're not in competition with other churches. We believe in other churches. We believe in people who have different labels than we do. We thank God for the Methodists and we thank God for the Baptists and we thank God for the Free Will Baptists and the Assemblies of God and the Church of God and the Lutherans and the Presbyterians. I'm going to leave somebody out, but we thank God for them because we have something in common with them and that is that our Savior is the Lord Jesus Christ. We're not in competition with any other church. We're all working together. Listen, when God blesses the Baptist church down the road, he just blessed us. When God blesses the Methodist church, he just blessed us because we are one in Christ. And the people said, amen. Amen. So here we see God providing that perfect lamb, that perfect sacrifice. Then we go to the book of Exodus chapter 12, verses 3 through 13. And I'm not going to read all this, obviously, but God provided a substitute. You all remember when uh, Charlton Heston came to lead the children of Israel out of Egyptian bondage. Y'all remember that, don't you? Hey, who's been watching the Bible series? Anybody been? Oh, man, don't miss it tonight. Oh, tonight's the Easter story. Set your DVR. Matter of fact, there's a, another Christian uh, uh, program coming on tonight. I posted it on my Facebook wall. Make sure you set your DVR for that and watch that later too. And I just thank God that this Bible series that's been on TV, the ratings have been through the roof. Isn't that awesome? What's that tell you? What does that tell you? People, people are hungry. And guess what they discovered in their, in their research? They discovered that a whole bunch of young people are watching it. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank God for that. And so, you know, um, there was that time when Moses came and said, let my people go. You know, my name's Pharaoh. And a lot of people say it should be Pharaoh because I don't know when to let God's people go either. So so he said, let let my people go. And, And of course, the Bible says that Pharaoh's heart was hardened and he would not do it. And so God sent a death angel to come to get Pharaoh's attention. And here's what God told the Israelites. And here's what God told Moses. He said, if you will take the blood of a spotless lamb and put that blood over the doorpost, when the death angel comes, he will pass Y'all remember that old song we used to sing in church a long time ago? When I see the blood, when I see the blood, when I see the blood, what? I will pass, I will pass over you. And I know they're going to use that right there in a the video. I guarantee you. <laughs> I already see that in a video because I know my whole media team and all my staff out there in the halls are going, He's singing. He's, <laughs> but I remember that as a little boy singing that in church, don't you? I want to tell you something, man. Death comes. Death is going to come. But if you will let Jesus today, on this Easter Sunday, apply his blood to your heart for cleansing, when it comes, it will pass. It will pass over you, and you will have eternal life with God in heaven not through your good works or your good deeds, but through the person of Jesus Christ. As a matter of fact, David goes on in Psalm 51 and 16. You remember David. He's the one who killed Goliath. You also remember the Bible. David's the one who sinned with Bathsheba. You know, Christians aren't perfect. Followers of Jesus aren't perfect. They mess up. They sin. They have to repent. David saw a woman. He lusted after her. He called her unto himself himself. And he engaged in adultery with this woman. It's in the Bible. And then in Psalm 51, if you want to know what David said to get right with God, to get back with God, Psalm 51 in your Bible is the prayer David prayed to get right with God. And in Psalm 51, 16, David tells us that animal sacrifices were designed by God as acts of obedience and faith. That's the Old Testament economy when they used to offer animal sacrifices Each one of those animal sacrifices in the Old Testament foreshadowed the final offering of the perfect Lamb of God, who is Jesus Christ. When Jesus was hanging on the cross, dying, Jesus said three words right at the end. Do y'all remember what they were? It is finished. Now, when he said that, he meant a lot of things, but I know one thing he meant was that no longer will a spotless animal have to give his life for sin. For today, the perfect Lamb of God, the God-man, Jesus Christ has died on the cross for your sins. The old way of offering animal sacrifices is finished. Finished. When Jesus died on the cross, it was once and for all. And all that you have to do to be connected to God is to trust the death of Jesus on the cross. To trust that that death was for you and that death that was for me. You know, when I think about this picture, when I think about this incredible, amazing work of art, I think about Rembrandt. And Rembrandt painted a crucifixion scene. And in one of the faces of the people in the crowd, he put his own face. Because Rembrandt said, I was there that day. And what he meant by that was that he was not there literally in the flesh, but he was there in the sense that it was his sin that hung Jesus on the cross. Jesus died for your sins. And today all you have to do is receive that truth for your life. And understand that the reason he rose from the dead, he died for your sins, but he rose from the dead to give you life. And to give you life in the here and now. Jesus referred to it as abundant life or the full life that you can have right now, but also eternal life in heaven. So we're about to have water baptism. We're about to have water baptism on a Sunday morning. And I got to tell you, I don't remember. We probably have done it before on Sunday morning, but I don't remember us ever doing this before on a Sunday morning. And I want to just give you some scriptures about it. Now, while I'm talking about water baptism, you're going to see some of the people who are going to be baptized and some of the people who are involved with this drama up here, they're going to begin to come out on the stage. So what I'm going to ask you to do is try to stay focused on me as they're coming out here. But I want you to listen to this. Have you ever thought about water baptism? You ever thought about water baptism and what it means? Now, let me tell you what we do here at this church. Here at this church, we put you under. Y'all with me out there? We put you under. We hold you under till you say tithe. (laughs) I mean, until a bubble comes up with tithe in it, you're under. All right? Just kidding. Now, listen to this. Listen, everybody stay focused on me as these kids come out. Watch me. Look what it says in Romans 6, 3 through 8. It says, did someone forget to tell you that when we were initiated into Jesus the anointed through, we were initiated into Jesus the anointed through what? Look what it says on the screen. Ceremonial baptism. Ceremonial baptism. The bab, through baptism, ceremonial washing. So what we're going to see today is a, is a picture. Now, we don't believe in this church that when you get baptized, that's when you become a Christian. We believe that you become a Christian before baptism and that baptism is a way of saying to the world, I now identify with Jesus. I want the world to know I am now identifying my life with Jesus Christ. I heard about a little girl one time who was in church and she gave her heart to Jesus and her and Sunday school teacher said, go tell the pastor now that you want to get baptized. And she kind of got mixed up in her words and she ran up to the pastor and she said, pastor, pastor, I gave my heart to Jesus and I want to get advertised. <laughs> and somebody might have said, well, that's wrong. But you know what? It's really not wrong. The people that you're going to see go in this pool today are getting advertised. They're letting the world know, I am a follower of Jesus. Look what it says. Look at verse 4. Therefore we were buried with him through baptism. When you go under the water, that is a picture of a watery tomb. When you go under the water, that is a picture of death to self. Um, You're going to see some t-shirts today that the guys are going to wear who were baptized Are these the baptismal t-shirts you guys? Okay, you guys are the drama team, but you're going to see some brand new I don't know who these people are Uh, uh, You're going to see a a, a t-shirt today and I want you to look at what it says on that t-shirt You know what it's going to say? This is something new we're doing here at the church for everybody who gets baptized For those of you who already got baptized and you didn't get one of these t-shirts, sorry So, so listen From now on, people who get baptized gets a T-shirt that says, I died in this shirt. You think people would notice that T-shirt? I died in this shirt because when you go under the water, it's a picture of death to the old life. When you come up out of the water, it's a picture of resurrection into new life in Jesus Christ. How many have had that new resurrection in your life, and you know Christ today? Amen. Look what it says in verse four. Therefore we were buried with him through this baptism into death so that just as God the Father in all his glory resurrected the anointed one. And who's the anointed one? Jesus. We too might walk confidently out of the grave of sin into a new life eternal. Isn't that good stuff right there? Look at verse five. Paul's helping us out here. He says to put it another way, if, be, if you've been united with him to share in his death like this, don't you understand that we are also to share in his what? Resurrection. Verse 6, we know this. Whatever we used to be, whatever we used to be with our old sinful ways has now been nailed to the cross. Somebody say amen about that. Amen. So our entire record of sin has been canceled. See, when the Lord forgives you, it's like you never did it. You say, oh, you don't know some stuff I did. It doesn't matter what you've done. When you bring that to him, he takes that and throws it away as far as the east is from the west. You might remember it against yourself. Other people might remember it against you, but the God Almighty will never remember it against you again. It's nailed to the cross. So our entire record of sin has been canceled, and we no longer have to bow to sin's power. Is that good news for anybody? Verse 7, a dead man. A dead man, you see, cannot be bound by sin. Verse 8, but if we have died with the anointed one, we believe that we shall also live together with him.